0: Your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas
1: Longhorns.
0: It is Wednesday, July 1st. You are listening to the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Con. Follow me on Twitter at pat PatSportsCat. You can follow Cammie at G, Or follow the show at LO underscore Longhorns on Twitter Jamie, it is a new month, which means we're that much closer to football. We hope.
1: Hopefully, hopefully, yes.
0: Yes, let's throw in the we hope. I'm not gonna say <laughs> foregone conclusion, but it's getting closer. Um, you know, it's been a little bit since. Uh, it's been about a week since we recorded a podcast, but there's a lot to talk about today. We got a jam-packed show.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely now that we're doing just once a week, but we did miss out on your birthday. So we need everyone to wish you a happy birthday, even though um, you kind of had the day off, which I guess you deserved. It was your birthday and it was a Friday. so
0: Right. You know, you got to take some time to yourself and kind of relax and and refuel and, you know, get ready to rock and roll. And as we're heading into July, I'm ready and uh, I appreciate the happy birthday. I know you sent me a nice message on Twitter and text message Mm -hmm. but uh maybe the people who listen to the podcast didn't know so I appreciate that uh so let's dive right on into this packed show we're going to talk a little bit about Texas OU the most important game Aggies upset they were left off of Madden 21 (laughs)
1: Cammie
0: we can always laugh about that and uh I think Aggies are still mad that they're losing to Mac Brown over a decade later but let's uh let's get into the (laughs) most important game for the Texas Longhorns in 2020, according to ESPN, who put out their most important game for the projected top 25 in their ongoing projected top 25 series that they keep doing, for the Texas Longhorns, they didn't choose the Oklahoma game. They went with LSU. Surprise?
1: Um, Not particularly, and I did think it was interesting because they also picked Texas as the most important game for Oklahoma. But I think the reason they picked LSU is because that's kind of like the first um, indicator of, I guess, uh, is Texas really back, that type of thing. I mean, with the, it's probably the toughest test for the uh, two new coordinators. So they just have a lot of questions surrounding them. And not to mention, I mean, LSU is a defending national championships, and you have to go to Baton Rouge, which is hard enough in itself. So um, even though they have a lot of new starters out there, they still have um, a really, I guess, impressive coaching staff and head coach out there. So they have several highly rated recruits also just waiting um, to kind of be the next man up. So I think that's going to be Texas's probably toughest game this season. And it's also a way and it's early on when you have kind of a completely revamped coaching staff. So uh, I do think that's the most important game, but you all have to, you also have to think about um, they've had minimal, I mean, very minimal off season work, uh, at least as a team this season. And so I think the first game of the season could actually be up there for pretty much every team. I think, that's going to be a little bit of a shock for um, a lot of teams around the league. I think it's going to be a larger stepping stone than most years, uh, the first game of the season, but um, that's if it kicks off as scheduled. So yeah, I, I'm not too surprised. I, I thought it would either be LSU or OU.
0: Uh, for me, it's obviously LSU because honestly, if you go back to last season, I think the loss to LSU kind of kicked them, you know, knocked them oh, off yeah. the track for an opportunity to play. Uh, for the Big 12 championship and hopefully a college football playoff berth. Obviously, they had other losses in that season, losses that you did not expect. Uh, the TCU loss, for for instance, was one that I think really hurt them. Um, you know, they were able to, you know, the, the loss to Oklahoma never helps. Uh, but I think that you can survive one conference loss. But if you have also your biggest game of the year being LSU, and obviously LSU went on win the national championship mm-hmm. you know i think that really set them off and, and kind of knocked them off track so i think the lsu game early on after they play south florida at home then they travel to baton rouge i think that's a huge game for both teams because it can really derail the any kind of national championship hopes for both teams right. not so much to knocked them completely off the track but you know then they're gonna have to pick up a game somewhere else you know right. the Texans was to lose to lsu uh you know just a few weeks later they have to be Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. I, I I don't think there's any way you get around that. And obviously for Oklahoma, their projected most important game of the year is going to be against Texas. When you look at their, I guess their non-conference schedule, their big game is against Tennessee. You know, so I don't think, and and it's not a knock to Tennessee, but while Tennessee is doing very well on the recruiting trail, uh, as far as on the football field, they're not there yet. Yeah, exactly. they're not amongst the SEC. Elites, they're not against the top teams in the SEC, and until Tennessee can beat teams consistently like Georgia, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, LSU, they're not going to be in contention. But you know that was that was I think a no brainer. Texas OU, it's going to be a huge game for both teams. You know, what I thought was interesting though is Oklahoma State. You know who's also projecting that top twenty five, and they put TCU as their most important yeah. game, which which I was like, uh I don't understand how a team who's projected to be 6-6 and this season kind of finish middle of the pack and be your most important game when you play teams like Texas, when you play the battle at Bedlam. I don't see how that's their important game. I
1: think the reason they probably did that, um, now that I'm thinking about it, is just because they had already talked about Texas and OU so much. I mean, obviously, Texas OU is a big game in itself. They already mentioned that. Uh, Texas playing LSU. I think, obviously, for Oklahoma State, um, within the conference at least, Uh, Texas and OU are by by far and even maybe Iowa State I would have maybe put them ahead of TCU right there but um, yeah that's that's hard I'm I'm thinking they maybe think that could be an upset game for Oklahoma State Uh, I'm not sure kind of how they play each other how the last few years have gone with that particular matchup but I'm assuming and we even say this sometimes uh, in regards to Texas that TCU can come in and beat you um, any given week I know uh, they still have Patterson out there so And they have a really good secondary, actually. So I think they're kind of more of an upset feel than anything else. Because Oklahoma State has several other teams that are more talented than TCU on their schedule.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100%. Like, you know, it's obvious that... They probably, like you said, they've already talked about Texas and OU a lot. So maybe, you know, they didn't want to mention those teams, but but to me, I don't see TCU as a as a team that that's really up there right now. So I, I kind of looked at that and was like, okay. Uh but yesterday did you hear EA Sports was announcing some of the changes that they're making to the Madden 21 NFL franchise?
1: Oh yeah, I saw I saw that on Twitter.
0: <laughs> so in the Madden face of the franchise mode, you can play as a quarterback. And you, you go through National Signing Day, just like some of these guys do. You pick your team, but they've kind of extended it. You can play two years of your favorite – well, maybe not your favorite, but maybe our favorite. You can play for Texas. There's a list of ten teams you can play for. Uh, one of those teams that was in last year's game but they've taken out was Texas Tech. And this year they replaced Texas Tech and Florida State with Michigan State and Nebraska. Okay. Aggie fans were not happy. Actually the Barstool Twitter account saw the post from ESPN with the 10 teams listed and said canceled Madden 21 question mark. I was yeah. okay. They're upset about it. Obviously people <laughs> are tweeting about it Jalen Milroe uh, who is a commit to Texas. He came out and said, "Hey, you can come play with me." Down in Texas, if you if you really want to be you know part of the, this inclusive group, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious because LSU Barstool said, "Well, they wanted to make it realistic, and we can't have Texas Texas A and M making it to the college football playoffs wouldn't be realistic." Yeah, uh, you know, I, I thought that was funny. And speaking of A and M, I think they're a little salty this morning as well. Did you see that the number one recruit, as far as cornerbacks is concerned tony grimes committed to the university of north carolina mm-hmm. to play for mac brown
1: yeah i think it's not too much of a no-brainer i mean everyone in the college football world knows that mac brown is one of the best uh, recruiters um outside of Nick Saban, probably out there right now so um i thought it was funny because the aggies were upset about it but obviously like we just mentioned they're upset about quite a lot of uh things going on in the world today even such as a video game so um, no, I thought it was interesting. Obviously, I think you have to put Texas on the Madden 21 uh, within the top 10, I guess. But um, I thought it was interesting with Michigan State, too. But the more I thought about it, they do kind of have a big fan base out there. I know I've run into a lot of them. i not too sure on Nebraska's front, but I kind of agreed with every other school on there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought it was funny. It was great. It was hilarious. Uh, did you see what my buddy Zach Barnett from Football Scoop tweeted out?
1: No, he said, what Never
0: say? in their scariest nightmares to Texas A&M fans imagine they'd still be losing recruits to Mac Brown in the year of our Lord 2020. I thought <laughs> it was fantastic. I love Zach Barnett. He, he's great. If you don't follow him, follow Zach underscore Barnett. Uh, he does football scoop. Uh, he was the writer of that top 20 assistants where we talked about Chris Ash. Uh, he also does some stuff for college football talk. Uh, but coming up next, Cammy, are you ready for this? We're going to talk about the 24-7 sports player to step up in the Big 12 quarterback rankings, and is how much pressure is Sam Ellinger under in the 2020 season? But I want to tell you that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And all through the month of June, Locked On was matching – a. Total of all host donations up to $10,000, but you can still make your own donation. So head on over to LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash Black Lives Matter. Kami, as we're gearing up for the season, a lot of lists are coming out and, and articles about this player and that player and people are talking about preseason, all conference teams, 24 seven sports has put out an article on. The one player for each big 12 team to step up in 2020 for the Texas Longhorns, a little surprising. They're going with wide receiver Brennan Eagles.
1: Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of who you would pick in terms of like stepping up? Cause I think, um, Outside of the wider super group, everyone else is somewhat experienced. And even though Brandon Eagles is kind of their most experienced, he hasn't really been their number one guy, obviously. So, um, And he's kind of had some, I guess, question marks off the field regarding everything going on, um, not knowing whether he's going to choose to sit out or not. I personally think he's going to play. But um, Tariq Black's coming in. He's obviously going to provide a lot of competition for him. So, yeah, I think that's kind of the only guy you could really, I guess, choose in order to step up.
0: I think I would go with defensive back Caden Stearns, guy who really jumped to the forefront of the conversation his freshman year. He had four interceptions. He had some really big plays his freshman season. Last year, no interceptions. Battled injuries all year long. You know, so he's he's a guy that I I would look at as the step up. You know, he's a guy that I think as he does well, the defense does well. Right. Um. You know, maybe it was a pass rusher they're needing to step up. Joseph Asai, yes, he led the team in sacks a year ago, but three of them came in one bowl game. So he had more in one game than he did the rest of the season. You know, so that's a guy that maybe I would mention as stepping up. I mean, I understand Brandon Eagles, but to me, I feel like that's low-hanging fruit because obviously wide receiver is a position that we've talked about, that they don't have a lot of ex- starting experience. Yes, you have a Jake Smith who has experience. You have Brennan Eagles, who was your leading receiver, and tied Jake Smith for second on the team in touchdown receptions a year ago. I understand those guys. Tariq Black, obviously, he has experience, but he hasn't played in this system. Uh, well, I guess nobody really has because it's Mike Yursich's new system. But, you know, those guys have been there, and they have that rapport with Sam Ellinger. And so when I looked at it, I was like, like, I, I agree to a point, but at the same time, I, I kind of felt like, there were some guys on the defensive side of the ball that I really think need to step up.
1: Yeah. And I think when you mentioned Caden Stearns, his talent levels are there. So I don't consider him having to step up. I think he just needs to be healthy. So he I never really, he, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when he's on the field and he is healthy, he is productive. So I think it's just a consistency a matter with him that he just needs to be healthy. I don't, I don't think he necessarily needs to step up because it's not really his fault when he's hurt, but I think he's shown he is on the field. He's productive and uh, he's one of their top players on defense. I just think he's had some, um, unlucky breaks and injuries kind of creep up on him, but um, I mean, most of the defense last year played hurt, so it's really hard to gauge, I guess, uh, their production level last season. But that was just a mess in general. But yeah, I, I understand the Brandon Eagles pick, and I think really just that wide receiver core as a whole needs to step up, not just one particular wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a culmination. Obviously, it's it's not just one guy uh, or another. I agree with you a hundred percent, but I, you know, I think mm-hmm. when you look at, you know, some of the, the players, you know, let's talk about twenty eighteen, right? When, when Caden Stearns had, you know, his big year, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they had, they had guys that were getting to the quarterback consistently, and I will always tell you that a pass rush helps your coverage, and your coverage helps your pass rush. But they had Charles Aminihu, who had nine and a half sacks. Gary Johnson had six and a half that year. Anthony mm-hmm. Wheeler had another four, you know. So they lost those guys who were bringing that production. And I think that that might have been a cause of why they didn't do so well. Obviously, the Todd Orlando defense, enough has been said about that. But, you know, that's a, one thing that I look at and think, you know, that's why they didn't do so well. Uh, let's get over into our uh, top quarterback rankings. So, we talked about this last week, about my top ten rankings. Well, I went on the Sirius XM Big 12 radio show uh, that you can hear today. And I was talking with Ari Temkin and uh, Dave Archer, former NFL and Iowa State quarterback. And we were talking about our rankings. And, and you know, they Dave felt like my rankings one through three were spot on. Right. And I was, yeah, I went Ellinger, Brock Purdy uh, Brewer where me and him differed. We have the same top five. We just had a different order. He actually had Spencer Sanders ahead of Rattler.
1: Yeah. We've kind of talked about that on the, I guess a couple of episodes too. And I, I mean, that that's kind of just in there because I guess Rattler is so inexperienced and we haven't really seen him in a big game or anything like that. And Sanders has a lot of potential and we, we obviously know the weapons around him. So yeah, I think that could go either way.
0: Yeah. the The thing that was interesting about it was when I was talking with, with Archer about it, uh, you know, we agreed that Sam Ellinger, by far, and that was the surprising part, was to me and to him the number one quarterback in the conference, which surprised surprising because he's an Iowa State guy. I expected him to say Brock Purdy. Uh, but he said Brock Purdy will be there. But, you know, they, they talked about the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. There will be pressure on Brock Purdy to succeed and to get Iowa State kind of out of the doldrums. You know, they were seven and six a year ago, so they were. Better than they've been in years past, but, you know, he's talking about getting them to that level they were when they had Seneca Wallace, you know, right. where they were able to make those upsets and, and, you know, they were a team that you had to worry about. And that was a quarterback you had to worry about, but, you know, when we talked about it, he he talked about Ellinger about having this immense pressure on Ellinger. And I, you know, I think it's, he it does have more pressure, I think than any other quarterback in the conference. And he might have the most pressure or at least top five in the amount of pressure riding on him in the entire college football world just because of what the expectations are uh, for, for the Texas Longhorns. And Mike Yurcich has come out and, he, you know, he set that mm-hmm. expectation mm-hmm. level of 45 points a game, all right? Yeah. You know, that that is some air raid Texas Tech offense when you're scoring 45 a game. So it's it's kind of interesting because he kind of comes from that background, you know, at Oklahoma State mm-hmm. where they were scoring a lot of points. But that forty-five a game—I mean, even though it is the college level and they pass a lot, the Texas offense isn't really known as a pass-happy offense. They they've been more balanced. So it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how much pressure on Ellinger is to kind of mold his game into more of a passer and less of uh, a balanced attack of passing mm-hmm. and running.
1: Yeah, but I think um, in terms of Ellinger, I guess, and the pressure and things like that, I think every every year, I guess, that he's come into the season as a starter, he's had probably the same amount of pressure on him um, to kind of lead the Texas team back. And I think Texas football program in general, even Herman, we've mentioned several times, always has pressure and hype surrounding them. So it's something that they can't really get away of. And I think Ellinger is great under pressure. I think um, he'll do well under your stitch. And I think um, he'll kind of be flinging the ball a bit more in the air this year and um, not be as conservative on the ground and things like that. But Um, I I wouldn't necessarily say Ellinger's under too much pressure. I mean, obviously, Texas has uh, high expectations as a whole for their program, and they want to compete for championships. And that's kind of um, what it is each at the beginning of each season, I guess. And so um, if they don't make it to the Big 12 championship, then, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of talk. There's maybe going to be some more coaching changes. Um, Obviously, um, Ellinger's entering his last season, so there's going to be question marks there. So. Um, I think like we've mentioned several times before, they have to compete for the Big 12 championship this year and um, hopefully make it in the college football playoffs or that's going to hit the fan. That's for sure.
0: That is for sure. All right. But coming up next, we're going to get into a little bit of recruiting talk, a commitment coming. Uh, What about a realignment in Sporting News Top 25 Team of the Decade? Cameron, recently when we talk about defensive backs, Jay Velai has been getting some top-tier commitments, whether we're talking about Ishmael Ibrahim or JD Coffey.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now, Steve Wiltfong of 24 7 Sports has put in a crystal ball prediction on Jamie or Johnson out of Pasadena, California.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Is he the four-star?
0: He is the four-star cornerback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so Steve has Put in his crystal ball for Texas, and he put his confidence level at an eight.
1: Eight.
0: Eight. Eight out of ten. <laughs> so very, oh, okay. very confident. Okay,
1: yeah. For a second, yeah. I was like eight, like eight percent. Like you know how it shows the percentages, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like eighty percent. No, yeah. but uh, so so it's trending Texas way. Texas could get another four star recruit. He's a top 300 player in the country, ranks 17th overall at the cornerback position, 24th in the state. Uh, you know, the the other schools that are amongst his top are Arizona State, Colorado, Nebraska, Ohio State, Oregon, USC.
1: Ooh, there's some there's some uh, big programs in there, Ohio State, USC, Oregon. Um, yeah, yeah
0: it, feels it? Like, it feels like Texas is competing yeah. with USC and their former defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Uh, you know but it's interesting it's another out of state recruit that they've kind of been going after but another four-star cornerback could really help that defense as Jay Belai and Chris Ash try to try to build the defense Mm -hmm. into their vision and and getting these guys and you know six foot 170 pounds obviously he could add a little Mm -hmm. weight probably wouldn't hurt him at all Uh, you know that's another four-star prospect that that, I
1: just, I just love um, seeing the yeah. lies um, hype and excitement all over social media. And I'm, I'm sure the recruits and um, current teammates on the roster are all pumped about that, but his videos are awesome. And his tweets are always like kind of funny. So he has a lot of excitement and I guess energy surrounding uh, being at Texas. So
0: that's fun to watch. Oh yeah. He has a ton of energy. I love that video of, of him singing and doing the hook em and then got him. I uh, know. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So that, So, I just thought it was interesting that they got a potential recruit coming. He's actually set to make his announcement on July 3rd.
1: Coming up, two days.
0: Coming up. So, definitely pay attention to that. Uh, I know the July 4th weekend is going to be a big weekend for recruiting in the Big 12 as a whole. But if Texas can get in there and get another four-star recruit and help build that top 10 class that Tom Herman's got going for him. And they can just continue to ride that momentum as we get closer to the college football season all right cami have you heard of pat 40 sports illustrated writer
1: yes i think um that's actually something we were discussing the other day correct
0: so his realignment idea have you seen Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and you were actually a big fan of it
0: uh i'm a big fan of chaos right <laughs> oh
1: god this yeah.
0: is chaos so in his idea it's going to give the southwest conference a rebirth you know the southwest conference dissolved back in 1995 when they formed the big 12 when they merged teams from the southwest conference with the big 8 in this rebirth you would have baylor oklahoma oklahoma state tcu Texas and Texas Tech, all from the Big Twelve, going to the new Southwest Conference. The teams mm-hmm. that were not included from the from the Big Twelve are West Virginia, Kansas, and Kansas State.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Adding in Houston, North Texas, Rice from their old Southwest mm-hmm. Conference days, SMU, and Tulsa. Oh, by the way, Cami, the other team. That was listed in the twelve team conference, new the rebirth of Southwest Conference, Texas A and M.
1: Which I liked. I think that should definitely um that rivalry should definitely come back. But
0: in this <sighs> this is funny because then you bring back the Texas, the Lone Star rivalry. And then uh, and then the Aggies can't be ducking Texas no more because they're gonna have to
1: <laughs> Yeah. And that's what a lot of Texas fans and even players and coaches want, but um, the only thing I'm weird – I am I guess not weirded out about or I'm concerned about is, like, I understand SMU coming in. They're Actually, um, their program is actually uh, succeeding recently. But, I mean, the North Texas and the Rice and things like that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, they're in the area, but they're just not high enough quality, I think, of programs to really be – Well, but. I think
0: the – so the premise of PAT40's obviously realignment is to create equal conferences across the board meaning 12 teams per the other thing was with this realignment was with the COVID-19 pandemic in mind limiting travel stay regional so that's why that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's why you lose a Kansas a Kansas State but you add in a Tulsa you add in North Texas you add in Rice and SMU and TCU you know so you're staying somewhat local I mean as far west as you're gonna go is Lubbock, Texas
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: I understand that. Then,
0: and, and the other thing was, you would uh, the other ideas that he had in there was one non-conference game, no conference championships because you're going to play everybody. Right. So you'll have 11 conference games, one non-conference game, and then I think they said conference champions, and then a one-at-large bid would go into a expanded college football playoff.
1: Well, I like the expanding college football playoff part because I think that needs to happen regardless.
0: I, You know, I agree. I agree. I think when you add more in, it becomes more, you know, it's not as inclusive. I mean, you have, you can add things in there, you know, you can add teams in there. So it's not just four teams and, you know, you, you miss out on maybe a team that's fifth or sixth or even up to eight, you know, give it a true playoff feel because right now it's, I don't know, it's kind of reminiscent to to the BCS in that you can miss out if, you know, you didn't have, you know, you didn't style point correctly, you know. Right. You, you know, and, and I know they they factor in some of that stuff, but I think a top eight would be great, top 10, top 16. I mean, I, I know you're going to, in his idea, he said you're still going to have those bowl games, so teams that mm-hmm. don't up play up, still going to have an opportunity mm-hmm. to play a bowl game, you know. Right. So I, I think it was a great idea um uh, it's a little far-fetched because i don't think that it'll happen because i don't think texas a&m and texas will ever be in a conference together
1: i know but we can uh, still
0: hope we can hope you know even if they don't bring back and put them in a conference together how about we at least schedule the game i mean i know right. we talked a lot but that's what i want to see i think a lot of people want to see that it's a fantastic idea all right but let's go switch gears here. Uh, Sporting News put out their top 25 teams of the decade. I thought after looking at the last decade, there's no way Texas. I know. Worst decade of mediocrity since probably what, the 80s? Early 90s before Mac Brown. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: But apparently they did well enough to make the top 25.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting, um, one, that they made it. It's, it's kind of impressive, considering how like mediocre they've been, like we mentioned. But they did have a few major coaching changes. And um, they went through that quarterback rep for a little while. And then, obviously, Sam Elliott came in and Tom Herman. And they're hopefully on the rise. But they came, at, came in at number 25. So, I mean, barely squeaked onto this list. But I think the reason they made it is because of their uh, last two bowl wins. And so, kind of how they did the point system over the past decade is like, you got 10 points, which is the most if you won the national championship. If you even have, had an appearance in the national title game, it was five points. The uh, full wins were, I think, around three points or something like that in and, and the primary bowl game. So it wasn't just any bowl game. So I won in the big six. And then, um, obviously, Oklahoma – I mean, Oklahoma, yeah, was at number four. But um, that's because they were in the college football playoffs, and I think that was quite a bit of points as well. But um, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State were, of course, the top three. But – Um, I was kind of surprised, I guess, that Texas was number 25. But when you consider uh, their recent bowl appearances, I guess it kind of makes sense why why they're there. But, um, I mean, they haven't been in the college football playoffs nor the national championship. So, I guess that's really all they had going for them.
0: They had, uh, yeah, one New Year's Six Bowl win against Georgia. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, that was the same year they went to the Big 12 championship game. You know, I
1: think there was a few Big 12s. Schools ranked ahead of them. I, I want to say
0: Oklahoma State was ahead of them as well. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't recall. I just saw I scrolled down until I saw Texas, and I was like, oh, yeah. they really did make it. You know, well, uh, but hopefully the next decade is a lot more fruitful. Uh, well, hopefully Tom Herman continues this momentum he's on. I mean, he's got three straight bowl wins. And uh, hopefully continues, and I'm hoping that we see a much bigger bowl game in 2020. But that's gonna do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorn Podcast. Make sure you check out our friends over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Vincent Solak, Trevor Sycama, they do a fantastic job. Cami, I'm Patrick. We'll see you next time.
1: Welcome. Okay.